Captain's Log, Stardate 69257.5. The Takir-class Vulcan science vessel Yelis, at the request of the Telerian Republic, has begun charting the Tistean Nebula, a large gaseous formation at the center of Telerian space. The Republic has observed a noticeable retraction of the nebula, and attempts by the Telerians to investigate have led to severe radiation exposure and death. The Yelis has found a degenerate white dwarf star at the nebula's center and believes it has accumulated sufficient materials from the Tistean Nebula to reignite carbon fusion, a reaction that would lead to supernova. If the star is indeed allowed to supernova, it could have catastrophic effects on the Telerian Republic. The blast of the explosion, or more likely the bombardment of cosmic radiation, will cost the lives of millions. The Prioritas, along with and ahead of the USS Protectorate, has been ordered to rendezvous with the Yelis and her scientific lead, Jace Pentad. Fusion has been exponentially accelerated, but the reason is as yet unclear. The most likely explanation is the composition of Tistean. It will prove an interesting study, when time permits. Time certainly does not permit, not now. Commander, what are the consequences of supernova? We're not sure, Captain, because we haven't explained the accelerated process of reignition and fusion, we can't accurately predict the evolution of this process. Under normal circumstances, the supernova shockwave would have limited impact on Talar. The greater concern would be the cosmic radiation that poured from the event. Talarians are less resistant to radiation, as has been made clear and they're asking for our assistance. Our teams are currently forecasting the most likely scenarios and will have more information to share shortly. Preliminary projections are... troubling. So, what now? Evacuating Talar? That would take months. It sounds like we have days, maybe hours. Likely less, Mr. Winters. Can we stop the fusion process? There has never been a successful interruption of cosmic nuclear fusion. Uh, containment, then. Ambassador Spock was successful in at least containing the destruction of the Hobus star, Perhaps we can recreate the process. Thoughts, Commander Tan? Unlikely. We have no RMCs on board, and no means of acquiring red matter, not quickly anyway. I am, however, aware of a few theoretical supernova containment methods that we may be able to employ. Explain. Are you familiar with the Alcubierre metric? The precursor to warp theory. It stated that space-time could be formed into a wave propelling a ship forward. There are several flaws in the formula, the Coulee paradox and damaging effect on destination being primary. I'm not arguing its merit as a sustainable warp theory. I'm stating that a thinned warp bubble operating under the Alcubierre metric would create an exaggerated distortion in space-time. In essence, it would create a wall, briefly, that would deflect propulsion of the explosion. Thinning the warp bubble increases needed energy density magnitude. That would require immense levels of energy. We are sitting on a matter-antimatter reactor. Precisely. If we get in close enough and override system safeties... We'll destroy the ship. We'll save a civilization. We'll distort space-time in an up-down direction. Positioning and power levels will dictate trajectory of debris and radiation. Theoretically. Yes. Gentlemen, do we have any other ideas? Perhaps one that won't cost me my ship. There has got to be another way. Think, man, think! There is no time. The newest projections have the star reaching critical in 53 minutes. 
I can have the ship ready in half that time, Captain. Captain, Allison. Commander Tan, I want it done in a quarter of the time. Winters, hail the Protectorate and have Captain Hunter begin evacuating Prioritas personnel as soon as he arrives. Jace, I need precise calculations of placement and output. The sooner the better. Commander, you're in charge of crew prep. Get them ready. And be sure not to forget anyone. Aye, aye, Captain. Captain Hunter wishes to speak to you, ma'am. Very well. On screen. Good afternoon, Captain Hunter. Time is a bit short. What can I do for you? Did we receive your message correctly, Prioritas? You want to evacuate your crew to Protectorate? That is correct, Captain Hunter. <clears throat> At the risk of sounding rude, we are a bit busy. Is there anything else? If you lose that ship, Captain Kenna, Elijah, Admiral Leandros will have your head. Thank you, Captain. I shall take that under advisement. We will signal you when we're ready to begin. Prioritas out. I'm serious. Thank you, Winters. Okay, folks. Let's get ready. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Admirals. You're listening to episode 248 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded live on Thursday, November 12th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, November 16th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Mark. And I'm Kenna. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Greetings, everyone. Kenna, what have we got in this week's show? Well, this week we have a very special guest back on the show. It's Chase Masterson. She's here to talk about Mira Lita, as well as her charity, the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. In Stone News, we're starting to gear up for Q's Winter Wonderland. We're checking out the reinstated official screenshot contests and taking a good look at this week's patch notes. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to hear from you. So chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live or answer our community questions. You can comment on our website, PriorityOnePodcast.com, join the discussion on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or follow us on Twitter at PriorityOnePod. Admirals, we are getting close to our 250th episode. A new phase of Priority One is on the horizon and we've got some great things planned for you, including some familiar voices and new content. Be sure to keep your eye on our social media channels for the latest news. It's going to be a big one and we hope you can join us. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, who make this show possible from week to week. Because of your support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. 
And now, let's talk to Chase Masterson. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Well, Admirals, we are very excited to welcome back to Priority One Podcast, an actor known for her work on DS9 and most recently for her voiceover work in Star Trek Online. It's Admiral Leader herself, Chase Masterson. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, welcome back to the show, Chase. So, Thank you. It's nice to be here. So it's been a couple weeks now since season 11 premiered in Star Trek Online, and of course your character features pretty heavily. What have the last couple of weeks been like for you, and what's the response been like from fans? Fan response has been incredible. I think it's because Mirror Lita is just so balls-out terrifying, just yeah. so awful, and just so deliciously thirsty in her lust for power. and her conviction, her determination to be in charge. And that's so completely different from, obviously, from very sweet Lita that we all know and love. So um, it's a blast, what can I say? What did you think when you first heard about Mira Lita? Because obviously when they were talking about bringing you on for, for some voiceover work, and it's kind of an extension of the Lita character, but totally, totally different. What was your first reaction to that? And Warmonger basically is right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back when back during the run of the show, when I found out there was going to be a Mira Lita, I was really excited because, you know, I mean, Lita is so inordinately good and sweet and gentle and compassionate. And so what's the mirror of that is, you know, really something. This Mira Lita, Admiral Lita, who is even more extreme than Lita in the, the DS9 episode, would eat the Borg Queen for breakfast. I mean, yeah. she is absolutely terrifying and will stop at nothing to get what she wants, to get all the power. And, you know, th that is just, it's really fun. It's not yeah. fun in real life. I don't encourage, do not try this at home. But, <laughs> um, but as an actress, it's wonderful. Yeah. Last time you were on Prior to One, it was live from Las Vegas and you told us about Pop Culture Hero Coalition. For our listeners yes. who maybe aren't familiar with it, can you give us a recap of what it's about? Absolutely. Pop Culture Hero Coalition is the first ever organization to make a stand against bullying, racism, misogyny, and other forms of hate using pop culture. So all of these great stories and themes and lessons that we learn from Star Trek and Star Wars, excuse me, and um, all of these other fantastic genre shows, you know, these shows live in our hearts for a reason because they speak of heroism they speak of the way to live and i believe that they're as popular as they are because we know deep down that we're meant to live those things off screen in you know as well as appreciate them on screen we're meant to be those heroes yeah. and so um we're doing this work and leading people, kids and adults, to be heroes in real life and to make a stand over bullying and over racism. And, you know, also to encourage heroism in general. It's, you know, we're, we're in a world where there's so much to be done and people really don't have any idea how to approach these issues that are so important. And if we 
teach and encourage people, you know, that there are ways that we can really make a huge difference, I think that people will be less intimidated of those issues and, and make a stand for good. Fans are the most enthusiastic group I can possibly imagine. Let's put our energy not just toward appreciating these things, but to doing them. And so um, now what we're segueing into is Star Trek Online, of course, has mm -hmm. created these um, two ships that they're selling, and today is the kickoff. And 100% of the profits from these ships are going to go to support the coalition's work. Well, yeah, that was what we were going to talk about, because um, yeah. at, the, at the time of the recording, um, it's only just been announced a couple of hours ago. And uh, the response from the fans, from the Stowe community, has been really phenomenal. And um, I'll just check it now. Let's see what we're up to. At the moment, oh we are up to £16,526. Oh uh, sorry, dollars. Oh. That's dollars. Oh raised uh, from these promotional ships, which is absolutely fantastic. I think that that's really great. That is amazing. Thank you so much, everybody. This is absolutely phenomenal. I, I am so excited. We're doing this work, just to let you know, we're doing this work in schools and at Comic-Cons. And we've been told we're saving lives. So you guys are a huge part of that. You are directly helping, causing, allowing, making this happen. And we appreciate it so much. Yeah, you know, this is a limited run of ships, so I think they're going to have to get some more ships to give away. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> the rate it's going. Thank you. This is so exciting, guys. Thank you so much. So, Chase, could you tell us a little bit about um, the money that's being raised, what exactly that, that goes towards? So you mentioned working in schools and at Comic-Cons. Uh, what kind of events do you put on? Well, first of all, we do panels at Comic-Cons that are really groundbreaking you know there's never been a panel that deals with our that helps people who have been bullied understand the dynamics of bullying and how to heal from it and also how to prevent it and there are strategies that you can use to end bullying and it's really you know it's really something that, that these things are, are relatively simple but when you you know, when you don't know them, you can't do them. Yep. So um, there are some simple things that we do. Our first panel, our main panel is called um, Ending End Bullying, Becoming a Superhero in Real Life. And we generally bring on people who have been working in large organizations against bullying. Uh, for instance, we're partnered with the United Nations Association and the Anti-Defamation League and the No Hate Campaign. And so we, we bring organizations like that and they talk about the programs that they're doing, the types of things that, um, that they're doing worldwide, whether it's to end bullying in schools, misogyny, um, working you know in uh, for women's rights equal rights which i consider a, a huge part of bullying you know um misogyny uh talking about how to deal with cyberbullying, etc um so that's one of the discussions that we have we have several other um panels that we do on a smaller basis which are you know really good panels as well more focused on like for parents what do you do if your child has been bullied for administrators and uh, teachers and principals what do you do if you know there's bullying in your school you know just basic practical skills and advice that mm -hmm. that that they can have so those are the kinds of things we do at comic cons we also do a wall of uh, encouragement called a positivity zone and that is 
basically a place where people can write a note to a kid who's been bullied and then during um in her work in public schools carrie goldman my coalition partner will take those notes and give them to kids for encouragement there's all sorts of dynamics just like restorative justice dynamics that we can help that we bring into classrooms um that my partner carrie who works in schools and our partner matt who works in schools um you know, important questions. Like if you're in first grade and you're getting bullied and you're going to have to go all the way through at least sixth grade with yeah. this bully, yes. what do you do? How do yeah. you, how do you manage that situation? And so they do this restorative justice, which really delves into what are the specific issues with this bully that they're feeling the need to be so mean, especially at such a young age. What are the issues going on at home or inside that kid? So he doesn't grow up to be even worse and worse, yeah. you know, so he doesn't grow up to be Mirror Lita. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know? Now, I was just going to say, as someone who works in education, thank you so much for all of that. I mean, you've, this conversation alone, you've given me so many ideas from my own practice. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, well, there's more. There's so, so much more. Um, there's, you know, I'm giving you a very broad overview because I don't want to take too much time because I know it's mostly a Star Trek Online podcast, but <laughs> we're, we're doing excellent work and um, it, it gets even into a lot more detail on the dynamics of cyberbullying and the dynamics of teen suicide. Did you know there are 4,000 teen suicides a year? And that's largely attributed to kids who have been bullied. For every one that one child or teenager that commits suicide, there are 100 attempts, 100 attempts that don't work. That's too many, um, way too many. Too many, one is too many, 10 yeah. is too many. But this is, it's epidemic. Um, there are some statistics, it's over, it's, I think it's 37% of kids between uh, kindergarten and sixth grade are bullied. And the numbers are still something like 28% in high school. So this is an epidemic. One in three kids, one in, you know, over one in three, that's a lot of pain. And what studies show is that grades go down. There is a higher incidence of alcohol and drug use. Um, something like 600 kids call in uh, sick per day because of, of being bullied. You know, I mean, you don't want to show up for that kind of thing. and. No. It's just, you know, child depression is at an all-time high. Anyway, so these are the kinds of things. And we feel like if we can, uh, what, what we see working is when Carrie and Matt do these, this work in schools, and I'm just the instigator here, they're the experts, mm. we can make this fun. You know, we can say, you know, be an Avenger. Don't be Ultron. Yeah. You know, here are, the, here are the things, the ways that you can make the world a better place. And here are the ways that you can do it on a tiny level every day and here are the things that we can look toward doing as a society and if we can teach kids that from the ground up from young ages then and you know and carry it into high school then we can have a different world in 20 years and for those of our listeners who are interested in finding out more where uh, where is a good place to go to get uh, more resources on just on what you're talking about Thank you. There are three places. We've got a website, which is popcultureherocoalition.com. Again, popcultureherocoalition.com. We have our Twitter, which is at SuperheroIRL, at SuperheroIRL. And then on Facebook, we are still Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition. And 
we may get that switched over, but right now we're Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition. Okay, okay. and we will, of course, uh, have links to all of those places in the show notes with when this is published so that everyone can find them quite easily, so that's great. Perfect. Thank you. This is so great. I just want to say thank you so much for all of this Star Trek Online and, and Priority One and all of you guys. This is phenomenal. Raising this kind of money, that will help us go into more inner city schools and do this work. That's where Carrie and Matt, our partners, go in and, and teach quite a lot. We're working on doing some statewide programs. And, you know, this will greatly, greatly help to make those things happen. So thank you so much. Well, thanks again, Chase, for joining us today on Priority One. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, Best of luck with the rest of the promotion. Uh, We think it's a bunch of really good deals for a really good cause. Thank you so much. It's pretty exciting, and I think they'll have fun with those ships too. Um, yeah. I can tell you, we can tell you real fast what 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 they get if you want. Um, I've got yeah, the, sure. the breakdown. That great. Thanks. Um, here's the the breakdown. Um, right now, you can make a donation for a dollar and receive one tier one ship or shuttle, including a new exclusive mirror runabout. So that's $1 for one tier one ship or shuttle. And then once we hit $25,000 in donations, everyone who donated will receive the new exclusive Hollow Admiral Lita Bridge Officer. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. Thing is, we're on our way there very quickly. We'll be there. Very much on our way there. (laughs) Thank you so much. So everyone will receive that and have fun with her, guys. Um, The promotion is available only for a limited amount of time. Um, So get yours before it warps away. Brilliant. Thanks again. Thank you so much, everybody. Appreciate it so much. All right. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. (laughs) Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. With Q's Winter Wonderland coming, the speculation change in how we'll earn rewards has been partially released. Much like with the summer event, items are changing. So, as of last week's patch, the autographed 8x10 glossy photos of Q have been retired. Fear not, if like me, you had some stocked up, there is something to do with them. Trade them in. By opening the event store in the event reputation, you can trade for a specialisation point, a half specialization point, a one-tenth specialization point, 500 specialization XP, buyback tech upgrades, large and small, elite Q R&D material rewards packages, available in all varieties, you get to choose the contents, and ship emote packs. The reason for this? The blog states, we want to maintain the exclusivity and collectability of the event ships from the winter event each year, and in order to do that, we will be retiring the existing items. When the 2015 winter event begins, an entirely new currency will be needed to acquire the event starship. This will be the process going forward, a new item to be collected each year. Our goal for this change is to ensure that everyone participates on equal footing for the lease of each year's new ship. For exact trade-in prices and for more frequently asked questions, make sure you check out the link that will be in our show notes. Well, one of the things that you may not have noticed returning to the forums is the official monthly screenshot contest. They were started back up a few months ago, and currently, if you look on the forums under Feedback and the Art of Star Trek Online, you'll find the official submission thread. The latest theme is DS9, and it closes at the end of the month. 
There are some really good prizes to be had, including Zen bundles and the chance to have your screenshot made into an official Star Trek Online wallpaper. So go and have a look and get your submissions in. We'll leave a link to the November thread in the show notes. And speaking of screenshot contests, do you remember our Priority One swimsuit calendar competition? We selected the winners back in August, and we're just finishing up the final calendar wallpapers for you, and they'll be released at the end of this month, just in time for our 250th episode. This week's patch notes were a bit of a doozy, and we've picked out the highlights. Dry docking has been finally released to Holodeck. Dry docking is a new system which allows captains to store ships that are not needed for use. You can access it by visiting any ship selector contact and pressing the dry dock button. Lifetime and gold members will have access to 10 free slots. Silver members will have access to 5. An additional 300 slots can be purchased in the sea store at 400 zen for 5 slots. This means 305 maximum slots for silver and 310 maximum slots for lifetime and gold members. For more details, there is a link to the dry docking blog, which will be included in the show notes along with this. So what do we think on the pricing for the slots of the dry dock? You know, there are a lot of people who are really upset. They think it's really expensive. But keep in mind that five slots is five ships. And if you've got the Zen to buy five ships, 400 Zen is not very much. So I think it's fine. The thing that I find interesting is the... um, the maximum number of ship slots. Can you can you imagine having three hundred ships over three hundred ships? I'm sure about people out there who eventually would have some. Maybe they're just massively future proofing the game. Yeah, maybe. That's me. I think it, it seems overkill to me yeah, personally. That, but... There is that many ships in game, at least. So, so whether does or that not then mean that the thing is per account rather than per character. No, it's per character. And there would be a very small few people who would have over a hundred ships, probably two hundred. I I don't know, I'm on the fence with it. I can I think given the amount of slots that you can purchase, it might be just a little bit expensive, but I can see it from their side as well. It's probably using up a lot of code or memory or whatever, you know, so they need to they need to get something back if they're going to make this available and th- really this is a great expansion to the number of ship slots I mean, what was it before? 56? or something like that? This is a great expansion to it I'm kind of on the fence I, I can see both sides of it and I'm not sure if they brought it down to 300 or 200 I- I'd be all for it but I, I-, I don't know well, I think somebody's worked it out, and it's over two hundred pounds—sorry, uh, not pounds, two hundred dollars—for if you wanted to go ahead and buy all the three hundred slots, uh, which is, you know, a fair amount of cash. There will probably be a few completionists who feel like they are obligated to go and buy them, but I think for the average player, I'm looking forward to—I'll pr- probably use my five free slots. I don't know that I'll do more than that. We'll see. I'll get the ten. I think I don't use much more than that. But swiftly moving on to the rest of the patch notes, PvP has had a bit of an update. Resolved an issue where players did not show up in the challenge window. After right-clicking to challenge, resolved an issue where players could not change the number of kills in a private PvP match. Resolved an issue that was occasionally causing ships to be invisible after a match transfer, and the ESD shipyard has been reorganised and has had some new ships added. Yay! About time. I think it's the latest escorts that are up the front, and I know it's the Valiant, and I keep forgetting the name of the other one. 
Arbiter? No. The multi-vector Prometheus. I keep wanting to say it's the Hephaestus, but I know it's not the Hephaestus. Hestia. No. Hestia. That is the Hestia. There's been an update to player ground warning indicators for grains and mortars. Power indicators that hurt are red. Really good warning. Power indicators that won't affect the player are grey. There's been an update to the memorial plaque to include Bruce Hyde. Well now, I've got to stop you here for a second because we had a comment from one of our listeners, RTK142, and I thought it was worthy of mentioning here. He says, Cecily Adams, the woman who played Quark and Rom's mother Ishka on DS9, still is not on the memorial plaque. I see on Triple they've added Bruce Hyde, which has gone live today, a man who played a character I had to look up, and he was in two episodes of the original series. George Coe was also in only a single episode, was added almost immediately after his death. We can bring this issue to a much wider audience than he can, an audience that includes the devs themselves. Moogie needs to be honoured. The following updates have been made to content, so some cues have been updated so that normal and advanced versions have the same objectives. Advanced versions do not fail and rewards are the same as or greater than before and these include the cure found, Kittimer Vortex and Kittimer Stasis. The Badlands Battlezones had a bit of an update, revamped the look and effects of their tornadoes, and addressed an issue that could cause the ISS Enterprise to spawn multiple times during one invasion stage, and cut down the area of players who receive Lita's many contacts. Can we just go back to this cues issue for a second? So, basically, they've said that for those three cues that you mentioned, the normal and advanced versions are basically the same now. Is this the thing that they did a few months ago with a, with a cup with the rest a bunch of other cues? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Seems to be like a rolling program. Yeah. Okay. So presumably it's just that the rewards are scaled; uh, they're greater than for the advanced than they are for the normal, but um, still the same objectives. Okay. We'll see. Did we know that was coming? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm just reading over it here again. All right, they have the same objectives. Yeah. So. That's just part of that ongoing process, isn't it? I think it is part of that ongoing process, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. standardizing the queues so that, you know, optional objectives are not mandatory objectives. And, you know, they're marked as optional. All of the new missions in the Cardassian arc have received some love and further polish. Missing voiceover has been added, general bug-squashing goodness, as well as the missions Atmospheric Assault, Colosseum, The Vault and Broken Circle all getting bug fixes as well. The Admiralty System. Small craft are now available. Woohoo! Every small craft has its own unique Admiralty ship, which will be granted automatically for each small craft currently commissioned. Small craft Admiralty ships have very low stats, but make up for this by having highly effective special abilities and extremely short maintenance timers. Small craft do not trigger special abilities that look for engineering ship, tactical ship, science ship types, and a small craft filter has also been added. There have been many fixes to ship cards and many ability updates as well, such as resolved an issue that would cause multi-vector assault mode module to create more spawns than it was intended under certain circumstances. Now that I would have loved to have seen. Oh, sounds interesting. Yeah, like lots of little bits of ships flying around. (laughs) They're taking over. Yeah. Generally in the UI resolved an issue where occasionally tabs in the UI would shake. That's good for me because I had that happening a lot. Yeah, so did I. Resolved an issue where recharge cooldown timers were not always displaying the correct times. 
resolved an issue where ultra-rear duty officer assignments were marked as tour of duty assignments. I know you spotted that, Kenna. Yeah, that confused the heck out of me last week. I was going, hmm. Okay, be- especially because I've only seen one tour of duty assignment in my admiralty system so far. Not complaining. Just making a note. Just want it to be noted. I've had one. One. Oh, pretty good. Purchasing a new ship in the sea store no longer displays the previous ship clicked on before the purchase. No issues, foundry functions are still temporarily unavailable, the episodes within the Iconian War Journal cannot be skipped. Let's be honest, who really wants to skip them because they're amazing? The fire tornado in the Badlands Battle Zone has incorrect effects when defeated, and a crash occasionally occurs when clicking buttons in the UI. Can I just say that's hilarious? Well, I know. Because <laughs> most of the point of a UI is that it has buttons that you click on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if it if it crashes when you click on the buttons, it's kind of it's like not fulfilling its purpose in life. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's the exit button. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, that, that in which case that's fine. They do see though that this is a long-standing issue, not new to this update, and that it oh. is being worked on. Okay. And on a completely different note, if you remember back to our interview with Al Captain Gecko Rivera a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what could be done with the captain's table. So, that brings us to this week's community question. What would you like to see done with the captain's table? Maybe it's a new service or other goodies. Give us your best ideas. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. At Salami Inferno tweeted, I just saw a really awesome environment for an in-development episode. I wanted to attach a screenshot, but I wouldn't give myself permission. Oh, I know, it's kind of... Mm. And we've got a couple from Al that we're going to share. I think everyone in STO would be stunned if they saw the concept art I saw today. Boy, we have a couple of big surprises for you. And he also retweeted Priority One Podcast. Just listen to this, oh my god, OMG, this podcast is a must hear, the first five minutes are hysterical. Great job P1 team, and I think that's Kenna's musical debut. Thanks Captain Gecko. <laughs> go on, go for it, let's give, a, let's give a live rendition. No. Okay. At Trek Online Game tweeted, from Roddenberry to Doohan, Star Trek has had a proud history of veteran actors. We salute you. Hashtag Remembrance Day. Hashtag Veterans Day. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. The Mirror Universe Invasion event is back. Now through the 26th of November, players can complete the daily PvE queue to earn marks and multi-dimensional transporters. Collecting 14 multi-dimensional transporters and contributing them to the event reputation project will earn you the brand new Mirror Universe Agony Rifle and a selection of other prizes. There's also a fleet project event running, so if you've missed any of the old limited time projects, you can slot them now. There's no end date for this event yet, but you should get in there quickly if you don't want to miss out. After all, every fleet starbase should have a fish tank. Also, starting this Thursday, the 19th of November, to Monday the 23rd, is a shuttle weekend. All shuttle queues have increased rewards this weekend. Check the PvE queues to join a small craft mission. Finally, if you're in the market for a lifetime subscription, you can pick up one for the special price of just $199, but that's only through to the 26th of this month. 
As always, these events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep an eye on the in-game calendar or keep tuning in to Priority One Podcast for the latest updates. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at that part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, what one thing would you most like to see in the new Star Trek series? Lieutenant Dan posted via PriorityOnePodcast.com. The one thing I am hoping is included in the new show is returning to tackling controversial political issues. The original series had episodes confronting civil rights issues and The Next Generation had references to the Cold War. Modern social issues need to be front and centre in this new show. That's what makes Star Trek, Star Trek. Ward Callis posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com For the new series, I think one thing we can all agree with is that the new TV series absolutely must have scientific plausibility. Beginning in the second season of TNG and moving forward, Rick and Gene made a point of trying to explain the how to the sciences of Star Trek. He went as far as hiring a science advisor from NASA to work with the writers. To this day, whilst Trek science does at times take some rather extended liberties, it's still heavily based on the notion that everything is still plausible. Gavin Runeblade commented via PriorityMinePodcast.com The one thing I don't want, don't do gritty. Star Trek is set in a utopia. It is not set in a dystopia, nor a gritty, realistic future. Keep the Federation as a source of inspiration and a nearly but not quite impossible ideal to live up to. Now I have to comment on this because I agree with this comment like a thousand percent. It seems like a thing that everyone does nowadays. If you want to reboot something, the best way to reboot it is to make it gritty. And it's like, I don't want gritty. I'm kind of bored of gritty. You know, life is kind of gritty. I would like something that is, you know, tackles issues and, you know, has drama, conflict, all of those things that we love. But just can we make it a little bit lighter, please? Small Yoda writes on PriorityOnePodcast.com, It would be interesting if the show took place in the post-Nemesis era or maybe even another century. Then you could pretty much start again with less possibility to conflict with the already established canon. The one thing that I hope they don't do is place the show in the JJ universe following the reboots. At that point, it wouldn't really be Star Trek, or at least not the Star Trek that we've all grown to love. There would be too much emphasis on action and less on the story, and at that point, it would be too much like Star Wars. Which I think is a really controversial comment. But I could see where he's coming from. Um, I don't know, I think you might be out of luck actually, Small Yoda. We've had some inklings that it may well be in the JJ-verse. But you know what, I'm willing to give it a go because I actually, and don't crucify me for this, but I really actually liked the Star Trek, that first reboot in 2009. And I think there's, there's legs in that universe and I think we need to give it a chance. If it's going to be set after Nemesis, um, the effects of the JJ-verse are still going to be apparent in it anyway, even if it is set in the Prime Universe because Romulus is gone. And that was established in JJ Trek, but that's where it broke off from Prime Universe to JJ Universe. So, unless they're actually going to go uh, before um, Nemesis, we're still going to see some repercussions from the JJ Trek in this new series, probably. 
Now it's just going to say, let something that was intended to be a TV show, be a TV show. I'm the philosophy of let the reboot universe find its feet as a TV show rather than a movie and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think that could be a really interesting approach, you know. I think I've said it before, actually. The films were always very much a supplement to the TV shows, and there was some great potential in the 2009 film, and maybe it would actually do better on the small screen with, you know, the supplements, the films. So I'm just excited. Let's see where it goes. And a bonus comment from Ken from Chicago over on Twitter. So, at Borticus Cryptic is saying hashtag Star Trek Online and exploration aren't over. They're just hashtag on a break. Hashtag romcom logic. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at priority one pod or shoot an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 248 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. What would you like to see done with the captain's table? Maybe it's a new service or other goodies. Give us your best ideas. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section of our website, on our Facebook page or with a Twitter reply. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at Priority One Pod. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And with additional contributions, we can continue to grow the network and bring you more of the content you love. Please consider a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, sharing this podcast with your friends is a great way to support the show. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. And if you'd like to see more from our fleet, be sure to tune into the fleet live stream at 8pm Eastern every Saturday night at twitch.tv forward slash priority one. A special thanks to Chase Masterson for joining us this week. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah, our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Asmaria Depost, and James Calvin. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Design. That's T-O-W-R-Y designs.deviantart.com. 
thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor Elle, to the writer of our prelude dramas Jake Morgan, to our video editor Jerry Tillman, and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media for supporting the show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Anybody else hear that? Yes. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm just. I'm not, I have an issue. Sometimes, sometimes I have an issue with my pronouns. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed. Don't laugh. It's not. I have. A, I have an issue with pronouns. Rav, I hold that. Heard that as well. And I get. I get my he's and she's mixed up. So I'm just gonna say that last line again. With, without Yugi, the snorting. With, no i'm embarrassed i'm actually gone all hot and red (laughs) sorry um okay so at 37 minutes cut kenna's comment on tour of jupiter oh you you could cut it you could cut it if you want to because i could go on to a rant i could do a whole rant and you could cut a whole rant about my tour of duty assignments in the admiralty system because i tell you what no i'm See, we can move on. Sorry. Do you want? Do you want me to move you again? Just put, yeah. kick you out do of the you studio. Want to start a rant show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. We've been threatening. We've been threatening to do it. It's the yeah. we could we could make that the supplementals like the rant show and also oh, yeah. the completely unfounded speculation show. Oh yeah, we need yeah. to do that. We need to do that. And on a completely different note, if you remember back to our interview with Al Kitten Kitten. I've got Kitten. Keep it then. Kitten. I've gone slightly check off. Oh, she done it again. <laughs> so we've got Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. <laughs> Yay. Muppet Flail. Muppet Flail's all around. Oh. Kitten. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> She's going to kill me in the break. Yep. That's all right. <sighs> Winter's duck and covered. I'll stall. Run now. <laughs> I just know Kenneth's sitting there and she's waving her hands trying to cool herself down. <laughs> <sighs> I'm good. Okay, I'm good. totally Go on, in a... I'm a good right, place. Right. You sure? Mm-hmm. When are you sure? Oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. 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 Oink, oink. As long as <laughs> you pronounce your words right yeah. and don't do like weird Kitten. check-off impressions. Yeah. yeah. Unintentional check-off impressions are the way forward. When did they put an R in ideas? <laughs> ideas. I, they, I was about to say that. I didn't and then say I ideas. thought maybe it's like maybe it's like his accent. It is my accent. I did say ideas. 
Oh, no, you did, yeah. You, you Sorry, I just had to. Um, I'm I'm Boston chops tonight. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Okay, you are. That's game. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Give us your best. No. Our dears. 